Hey everybody, it's your host Maya Alicia and I'm back with another one-on-one interview and today's guest is Will Styles. Hello! What's going on? You know, not that much is talking to you. So, part two. Part two. We're back for part two, but let's get into it. Let's go ahead and get started, Will, okay? So you're an A&R, executive producer, CEO of major record label Showcase and Dipstick Magazine, and you've been recognized by ThisIs50.com, which is 50 Cent's platform, Hip Hop Weekly, and so much more. So you're a veteran within the industry, been in the industry for 28 years, and staying current, doing big things like your major record label Showcase, which is helping the new generation of entertainers. So that's amazing. I want to say congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, yes. So I want to spin the block. So I understand that you started as a volunteer in 1994. And then, you know, you just kept on elevating. So walk me through your story of ups and downs from South Carolina to you deciding you want to get into the music industry and then hit in New York. Um, I don't think it was ever like I wanted to get into it. It just kind of like happened. And not only that, I was doing it, like, organically in the beginning, you know, just a natural liking to music. Um, you know, fast forward to, what is it, maybe 2004, 2003, I started uh, making my own sneakers. I used to manage a footlocker. So I stopped working for them and started working for myself and generating basically the same annual income on my, my own. Um, I had a little stump with that, though. Uh, somebody broke in my store and stole everything. And, you know, it was tough to rebound from that. But prior to that, I had did some custom sneakers for Fat Joe. And then I called his manager up at the time. And, you know, I was like, can, you know, can, can I get a job? You know, I'm not looking for a handout or anything. So they pointed me in the direction of the booking agency at the time, which was uh, Idol Makers Entertainment. So I jumped in with that um, and already with my public relations skills and my prior uh, uh, history with music, everything came together. I used those resources and, you know, just learned more of the business side with bookings, um, management, a whole lot of things came, you know, to play with that. So with that being said, I learned, you know, a lot, uh, gained a lot of resources. And I went from there to, like, uh, while I was doing that, I started a printed magazine. And during the printed magazine, you know, the change with printed publications with the digital work these days, it kind of made the print hard. So I went into more of like helping artists. And during the time I was making a magazine, I was seeing how unsigned artists were being treated. They were taking advantage of uh, with these showcases, you know, charging like five, $600 and nobody's in the crowd that can really take them to the next level. So that's where I put my twist on it and started, you know, getting my resources together. I met so many labels and artists, et cetera, et cetera, producers, um, relationships with radio stations, you know, um, and put together a, a quality platform for unsigned artists, and that became the major record. Wow! So you've been in the, you've been in the business like you already had that business mindset because you had your own Foot Locker and stuff, so, and then that took you to you know elevating and elevating. 
Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I would like to definitely thank corporate America for you know the the learning the the skills and you know uh, just learning how to be compliant with policy procedure and you know I learned a lot you know for a lot. I love your tagline. They think I'm affiliated, but I'm the one that orchestrated. So go into more depth of why you came up with that. And uh, actually, I got that from Little Wayne. That's one of Little Wayne's verses. Oh, okay. So, but, and, you know, it's very meaningful because, you know, a lot of people, you know, some people think, you know, that they're just affiliated. Meanwhile, that's the one who, you know, who's running shit, you know? Exactly. You know, you might, you might look at a cat that's not as well dressed, but you see everybody else fresh to death. Meanwhile, the motherfucker, excuse me, the dude looking like a bum. That's the cat that made everybody get fresh. Exactly. No, I always say that too. Like people think just because you know how you dress and stuff that they got money, but it really be the people that's laid low and just you know they're the ones that orchestrated, as you would say. So why do they call you the broke diddy? Uh, my boys used to call because like the things that I do is similar to what you know how Diddy started and everything, the drive, the passion. You know, and that's what I really like about it. It's not the money, the glamour, the glitz. You know, it's motherfuckers don't know that he snuck on the train from Virginia to come back to Manhattan to do an intern. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's things like that. You know, it's Patty. That's some shit I would do. Um, not only that, uh, he, he does help people, you know. Content, you know, I know popular opinion people might say, you know, he doesn't, but if you really look at it, he put a lot of people on, changed the whole game. People are even, you know, emulating shit he did. Like, you know, but business-wise, like, the dude is, is uh, I really admire that, you know. So have you met Diddy? Well, I, I haven't personally met him, but I've been around him, like, mad different times, you know. And I feel like everything is a... Uh, 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 Timing, timing. You know, you don't want to run down. Oh, I'm gonna be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Then I don't like them no more. But I understand the lifestyle. I understand the business. And you know, those type people, you get that shit all day. So it's like, you know, let me chill. Let me breathe for a minute. And sometimes shit comes to you. You know. So you know, I don't really force nothing. It is what it is. You know, I'm good where I'm at. You know, just him doing what he do is good enough for me. You know what I mean? That's what. That's my motivation. So. Yeah, I like that mindset. Like, I always say, you know, if you treat somebody like a celebrity, they're going to treat you like a fan. So, you know, like yeah. we said, timing is everything. And they'll all, you know, come to you as it's supposed to. You don't have to be running up in people's faces like that. Like Hove. I pass Hove on the hallway mad times, bro. Like, you know, I be on my phone. I see him coming. I'm like, oh, shit. That's a motherfucker Hove. You know what I mean? He walk by, just give him the head nod. He do the same thing. I keep going. Wow. Wow. I, I might turn around and be like, oh. Shit. You go, oh. But yeah, past some mad times, bro. Mad times, bro. Mad. Wow. And then even like the NBA players that are managed by Rock Nation, Khaled. I was sitting on the couch right next to Khaled. Like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? But I just don't want to bother these people. Like, you know, when they come in the building, they want to chill, let their hair down. They might want to dig in their nose or whatever the case may be is. You know, but you let them chill, get they little, you know what I mean? Exactly. Because when they got to, you know, put on that facade and, you know, 
not necessarily a facade, but you know what it is. You got to cater to the yeah, I definitely feel it. Give people their space and just let them, you know, be. So I want to get into what does being an A and R and being an executive producer consist of, and start wherever you want. Um, independent A and R. I work, like I said, when it started with seeing a lot of artists getting jerked. You know, so I, I naturally like to help people. And like I tell them, like in this day and age of music, it's more, you could say 95% business, 5% talent. So if I see somebody that's on their business, you know, I try to help out and point them in the right direction, things of that nature. Yeah, we all charge services, we have services, but a lot of the times too, like again, when I see people put in, you know, I kind of try to help them out too as well. Um, yeah, a and R is just, you know, being in there, helping them out with the sounds, uh, 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 picking right beats, uh, keeping up with the, the trend that's going on now, the direction that the, the labels are going in, uh, knowing how to conduct themselves in public, uh, making sure, you know, they're, they're on their business aspect of their their uh projects, uh, strategical rollout plans, marketing, uh, spending their money properly, not just, you know, going to the strip club, wasting it, or buying a whole bunch of uh, labels, fashions, things of that nature. But that uh, executive producing basically put my own bread up, you know, again, funding those type projects, uh, funding my own projects, like the major record label showcase, um, all funding, you know, independently. Um, yeah. Okay, so with technology we have today, how much easier are those roles for you? Um, it's a lot easier. Uh, and I even tell some of these cats today, it's funny because, you know, the internet saved a lot of people because a lot of people are lazy. Uh, they don't want to get out and meet the public even today like a lot of these artists hide behind internet the internet you know some of these artists don't even come out like you gotta be out like you gotta touch the people you know they want to see you like it's so much like fake stuff like it's just you know people want to see you touch you not necessarily touch you like that but handshakes greets you know things of that nature but yeah the, the internet is very powerful it's very powerful it can you can get rich without damn near coming outside. Exactly. <laughs> and TikTok, TikTok is a big, like, it's so pivotal right now. Like, do you, right. like, have your um people you scout or produce use TikTok? Because their sounds could blow up their songs. Right, absolutely. And we advise the artists to, you know, utilize these social platforms. They're free. You know, again, people are making great income off free social media. Like, you can't beat that. Exactly. So, who have you produced? Um, it was a kid in South Carolina. We uh, helped out with a project. It was Blackberry Molasses. I'm, I'm not sure if you're... The group is called Mr. A musically producer. Like, you know, I produce, like, shows, events, you know, projects like that. Okay. Okay, got you. So, who are some artists that you scouted? Who are some names? Um... Bobby Schmurder. Oh. Before he was hot. Wow. And I got proof. Bob, what up? What up? <laughs> so, what did up? You, so you, you were, 
Yes, yes, nine. I got the proof. Um, before I even reached out to his mom, I, I met his mom, a uh, wonderful young lady. Um, when Bob and Rowdy was away, uh, they put a group into my showcase, which was called Subway. Shout out to my man Gino and Scotty Rippin. They got into the showcase. They actually won. I didn't know at the time. So, boom, they won. I'm talking to him, and she was like, yeah, my name is Leslie and Bobby Schmurter's mother. And, like, and I was like, yo, that's crazy. So, you know, the uh, Atlantic Records actually picked them at the time. So I took them up to Atlantic for one-on-one. -on -one. It was great. Um, the A&R at the time was just asking, like, you know, if those guys were to put out a project with Bobby, you know, support it. And we was like, you know, hell yeah, he was supported. We actually took a picture at Atlantic Records and we posted that picture and Bobby reposted it from when he was away. So he still reposted that pic. And, um, you know, back to it, I reached out to Bobby and them early in the game. Um, at the time, my kid's mom, you know, I go home, I'm telling them, I'm like, yo, these kids right here going to blow, yo. These they next. I'm like this, and I was like, "Yo, you see that dance right there? That little dude, dude. That's the Diddy Bop, son. No, that's my man. But that, you know what I mean? That's a little Diddy Bop right there. But you know, he put his twist on it, and I'm like, "Yo, this kid is gonna blow. I swear on everything I love, B. He had about three thousand followers at the time. If that, I had more followers. Not even told him. I'm like, "Yo, watch. I'm like, look, I got more followers. Than this guy. I still got the emails from me reaching out saying, "Yo." Would y'all do a promotional uh, show at this club called Perfection so I could get y'all working? And they was like, cool, let's do it. So I hit Perfections up and was like, yo, let my boys from GS9 perform. And at the time, they was like, yo, if they get a table for three bands, I'll let them perform. I just didn't have three bands at the time. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was like, big bank take little bank. But if I had a couple dollars at the time, I would have threw that shit on the table, let them niggas rock, and it would have been crazy. Now, a month later, two months later, Meek Mill took him to live in Miami. Basically did the same thing I was going to do, but he took him to Miami to do it. He got the bread to do that. I would have did that, but I started in New York at Perfections, which is one of the premier strip joints. So, Boom, Meek takes him to live. I go on the, the gram in the morning. You know, I think it was Sunday. I go on the gram Monday morning, and I see them niggas tearing live down. I was just like, wow. Oh my so, God. boom, I hit him back on the email. Dub me. Dang. Oh, my goodness. But I, I, and I, I told his mom, um, Leslie, that same story. I told her. I even forwarded her the emails and was like, look at the dates. And she was like, well, you forever family. And then she even told me I could have went up there on some of the visits. To, but, you know, I was incarcerated before, and I, I don't like the whole thing, you know. And I didn't want to go and look like I was cloud chasing. And, you know, because I definitely would have took a picture and like, yo, let's see you. Know I mean? And I don't want to just, you know, and... I, it's a touchy thing with me in prison, so it's like, you know, I just want him to be strong, and you know, hopefully when he got out, we could link up and I'll see him. And, but we even, me and Leslie, we actually went out to eat at Ruth Chris. I'm a vegan, but she didn't know at the time, but she invited me out to Ruth Chris Steakhouse 
me and one of her other business partners. And we sat down and had dinner. And, you know, she even bought me a hat, scarf, and glove set for Christmas. And, um, you know, we talked. And she told me about, you know, how he blew up so fucking fast and, you know, how generous he was. You know, she said he bought a house in Jersey and damn near moved the whole block to the crib. He's like, it's a big-ass crib with a bunch of sleeping bags in there. And, you know, so he always was that type dude. And I hear him today, you know, and even how he stayed in longer so his man could get a shorter sentence. Like, he's always, you know, he could have got out early. But he stayed in with Rowdy and, you know, got Rowdy lesser time. And, you know, and even on one of his last videos, uh, he had an interview with DJ Self. And he was talking about, you know, Self was saying how Rowdy is going his way and Bobby is going his way. But they're still boys. And he said the reason why they're doing that is by splitting up like that, they can help more people. Now, wow. He has a good heart. And I feel like, too, it's okay. It'll be more Bobby Smurders out here for you, okay? Oh, but that's just, that's just one. There's a there's a few, but, you know, I, I don't like dwelling on it. And it's like some people be like, oh, yeah, nigga, right, stop lying. But, you know, I really got the email correspondence to show this. Mm -hmm. You know, and the manager at the time, his name was Crow. That's who I was communicating with about Bobby and, you know, Rowdy. And like I said, I got the email correspondence. I forwarded it to his mom. You know, and, and that really hurt me when I guess I was like, damn, I was like, I got to get my money up. Like, you know, I seen it. I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers is the next, you know, the next hot joints. And I even told my kid's mom, just watch. And like, she works for, she was working for BNS and Y. And I used to tell her when she goes to work to write down the number of views to that video. When she gets there, and then when she leaves, and then when she comes in in the morning to compare the different. Mm. Yo, one day she called me and was like, hey, he done got 200,000 views last night. And I was like, all I kept saying is, I told you. And I just didn't have the bread to go get like a little baby contract. And, you know, and it's tough to contract people up when you don't really have much. It's like, what the fuck you want to do for me? You only. But it's like, it's, I, I know people with money that can't get out of wet paper bag. You know what I mean? A lot of people with money call me to for ideas. Because for one, like I'm, I don't have a lot of bread, but I'm consistent. So it's like, imagine when the bread come, what I would do with on top of, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and people with bread, they ain't doing shit with spending the bread. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And they're, they're spending it on people that don't give a fuck about them. Excuse my friends. Like I said, for these artists, like buying all that Balenciaga shit, see if Balenciaga listen to your fucking music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, look. Well, hey, yeah. What's been a highlight in your career? Like, give a story. Man, it's a lot of highlights. I just can't pinpoint them all. But I, I just say the greatest highlight is, is consistency. You know, still here. You know, since 2013, with just the showcase alone started in 2013. So next year it'll be 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a highlight in itself. You know, um, getting these kids the the opportunity to be in front of people that can make a difference. That's a highlight. 
some of the text messages I get, you know, uh, you can't please everybody, but, you know, the majority, you know, definitely the majority, I would say 95% are pleased, 97% are pleased. And, you know, those text messages, yo, Will, thanks a lot. Or even walking down in a big ass city, like, and, and somebody stopped, like, yo, Will Stavs. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, so that's even getting weird. Those are big highlights. Like, I remember one time it was a blizzard, and I was a manager at Vitamin Shop, like, maybe seven years ago. And I'm walking to open the store up, and I got a hoodie on. This dude is working for FedEx. He jumps out, like, yo, you Will Stavs? I'm trying, I got a hoodie on and shit, a mask. And I'm like, how did he? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, you got that major record label shit. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, good looking. Yo, I appreciate that shit. Yo, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, here I am going to open a fucking vitamin shop. <laughs> oh my, well, at least you're getting the recognition. I know that feels good because you started something. You're helping people. And like, you know, just helping people is amazing. You know, everybody, everybody should be a helping hand, you know? That's the greatest feeling in the world. I, I'm the type of motherfucker I might get all the bread and then go back broke because I done gave it out again. <laughs> but but it'll, come back, it'll come back to you tenfold, tenfold. So since we're talking about major record label showcase, you know everything has a start. So I want the full out process of what you were doing, the blueprint of it all when you decided, you know what, I'm gonna start this major record label showcase. Uh, it started over my man crib over in the Bronx. My man Brandon and them, we was all together. My man Brandon, uh, Jay, Shaw, you know, I go over there, we sit over and, you know, we try to be constructive and, you know, I was looking around again, seeing how, uh, artists were getting jerked and, you know, I go over there and I talk to my boys, you know, you talk out loud and my man Brandon, he's tough, he's a, He's a critic. Like, you know, he won't, even if he a boy, he ain't just going to be like, yeah, yeah, that shit hot. You know what I mean? That nigga tell you in a minute, like, yeah, look at me, too. That shit whack. <laughs> well, at least it's honest. Uh-huh. Right, right. But, you know, they, they gave me the pass. It was like, oh, this shit make a little sense. Well, da, da, da. you know, and then actually after you put it together and, you know, you package it. And, like, the first couple of years, like, I was losing. Like, you know, I done lost relationships because I'm up here fucking money up. Like, I remember times when I did bad and I'll be at the door, like, scared to go in the crib. I'm like, I'm fucked up. Like, I'll just be standing outside. But, you know, I figured it out. And, you know, we got a formula as to where, you know, it pays for itself now. And I never created this to make money. I only created it for it to pay for itself. I wish I could pay these uh, radio stations and stuff to come out and, you know, not have to charge the artist. But, you know, I've charged the artist. It's not a lot. A little $200, you know, 200 250 for a four-minute set. Yet I'm bringing out, like, eight to ten major entities and, and people picking ten winners. You know, it's not like a gimmick. Like, some of these guys will have it set up where their friends win, you know, things of that nature. Like, I don't even have my friends in it. I don't let none of my friends get in the showcase, so it's not, you know, fixed, nothing to that effect. You know, it's just, it's really genuine, you know? And, um, again, I wish I could just let them rock for free. But what I charge, and, again, I see these jokers out here buying four or $500 Jordans, and $1,200 Balenci's and the off-whites. And 
I'm like, yo, ain't none of them coming to your show. Ain't none of them going to listen to your music. So if you're giving them all that chicken, you might as well pay 200 I got Drewski from Hot 97. I got Dave from Power 105 on the radar. Serious XM, Superstar J. Got seven major record labels, official valid people. Like, come on, you can't give up 200 for that, bro. Exactly. So you you do have a lot of big names, and like you said, it's been going on since 2013. So how did you get these big names to back you up, like and support you? You know, it's hard getting support from people nowadays. Who you telling? Only best support they get is child support. That's the best support. They don't play. They'll lock you up. But it goes back to my previous jobs. Um, building those relationships, uh, keeping those rapports. Uh, Dipstick Magazine. When I was working for the magazine, I was dealing with artists. And dealing with the artists, you're going to meet, you know, label reps. You know, so I was meeting their A&Rs. Not only that, when I was working at the Celebrity Booking Agent, I'm meeting these artists, I'm meeting their management, you know, and all you got to do is hit management to get a number to somebody at the label if you don't already have it. So again, I just reached in my my uh my contacts and you know started hitting a few people like yo I'm putting this event together I see they out here raping these unsigned artists you know I really want to bring out the people that can make some shit happen for them if there was something of interest there you know so it was like yeah I'm all for it you know and again it started in two, 2013 and it's continuing I, I think I had just about everybody on the panel Almost every major record label has, has been on that panel. I think with the exception of maybe three, no more than four labels haven't. Like 300 Entertainment, I haven't gotten in yet. You know, maybe about two, three more. Okay. So, well, what you have is sufficient. You got Capital, Def Jam, Epic. That's big. Rock Nation. I even had G Nephew on there. Big Rail, Rail Carter. Wow. You know, I hate the name bomb like that, but sometimes you have to let people know, like, the, the gravity behind, you know, they might see Rail Carter and they don't even, you know. Hey. Yeah, I noticed, too, when you're doing stuff, you got to say a name for people to be like, oh, like, for another to be like, okay, like, let's get with it. That's sad, but it's the, it's, it's the industry. Sometimes yeah. you got to name bomb, and again, you know, you got to support yourself, you know, and, and if, if you don't get up and do it, don't nobody else really care because they got their own shit to do too, and I ain't mad at it, you know? Mm -hmm. With the meet, greet, and perform for artists, dancers, and producers, what does that consist of for people that want to sign up for major record label showcase? Basically, what it is, the meet part is, you know, I let everybody come upstairs, shake their hand at least, just to let them know that they're official people and everybody that I said is in the building, you know, because again, I've seen flies where they said so and so is going to be there and they don't be there. You know, so that part is where, you know, you validate, okay, yeah, I'm really performing in front of the big dogs, you know, so that's where the meet and greet part comes in. And then if I don't have enough time in the beginning, what I do is after the performance, I let the artist go up there again and shake hands and da -da 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 to let them know that, you know, you performed in front of valid people, not only that the people that I said was going to be there are there. And of course, anything after that of interest, you don't need to be up there beating the A&R's ear off because 
if they like anything, they're gonna hit me and be like, yo, Will, grab this motherfucker, bring him up, da 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 yo, Will, what's up with this kid, da 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 and, You know, there's people that actually didn't win the showcase, but A&R's inquired about other artists, and that shit went longer than the actual winner. So, again, this is what I mean, creating that platform. If, if your public relations skills are up, you know, you if you're charismatic, you can go in and don't win and win. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So yeah. how does how does um major record label showcase benefit contestants that are trying to, you know, break into the industry after they win? Like what is that process? Cause you know how people have at their shows, oh you can win, but then they don't follow up with what the prize was or anything. So uh -huh. now we definitely follow up. I might be late sometime. But it's not me neither. It's the availability of the A&R. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their schedule can get a little hectic. Some shit can change. That's their job. I respect their job. I'm like, you know, I'm little old me. That's their livelihood. They got families. They will always come up for air. And that's what I tell artists too. Just be patient. You know, and, and there's been like maybe, you know, uh, one that might have took a little long time, but out of like we pick eight and ten winners, you know what I mean. So out of those eight and ten winners, like ninety five percent get it in a a great time frame. And you know I still stay in touch with the ones. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get him. Da da da. -da. You know his kids are sick. You know, and then now he might be sick. And then you know, and then he uh the job might ask him to fly to L A. You know. And, should happen sometime, but I keep everybody abreast of what's going on. But we definitely deliver. Since I know that's right. I know that's right. And yeah, within the industry, you got to realize patience because people are busy. Exactly. It's a back-to-back -back thing, you know. So what are the benefits? After now, they get in contact with the A&R, what are the benefits from winning the, the um, contest? The they actually get that one-on-one, -on -one, you know. And again, if your uh, uh, charisma is up, if your public relations skills are up, you know, how you conduct yourself, it goes a long way, you know, it goes a long way. And not to mention, God forbid, the music is actually good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, with the one-on-one, -on -one, are they mentored, developed, like, Everything. what goes into that? Is this a group effort from for the um, contestants or what? All of the above. What they do is they'll review the music um, they'll give them pointers. The, the artist can also ask questions. And by doing that, you know, the whole catalog is formed, you know? They can, you know, they can ask questions, what should I do if I did this? You know, the A&R can ask, what are you doing to promote and market yourself? These are some things you can use. These are some tools you can use. Are you doing this? You know, it's a lot of, you know, back and forth. And, you know, sometimes, too, what a lot of artists don't know, they get in there and just start fucking talking. And they ain't not sitting there and don't say a damn thing. And it's like, me personally, I'm going there and listen. I shut up and listen. Yeah. Listen. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Listen and be comprehending. You know, a lot of people are lacking that. I I've been in there. An artist going in, just run his mouth. And it'd be funny because the A&R text me and be like, yo, motherfucker, I ain't have to say shit. That was easy as hell. Like, and this is what I mean. This is when you go in and you listen because these people are seasoned. That's why they where they are. 
So you go in and you absorb, you know, you download from the ass. Stick mm -hmm. your core in and you download. Don't go in there talking. And the people don't understand, too. Your craft speaks for itself. You don't have to say shit. If your music tight, you go in. All you do is go in and you introduce yourself, where you're from, you know, how long you've been rocking. You know, little little icebreakers. That's it. Then you push play. But sometimes you talk too much and you shoot yourself in the foot. You know, let your music go. Then you listen. Let the A&R go. See what he's talking about. You know, he'll start asking good questions. And you answer. And then you can do, what should I do for marketing? And that, that's one of my weakest links. I need marketing. You know, I got a low budget. I got X amount of dollars. What can I do to get some quality promotion marketing? What kind of strategical rollout plans should I do? Have you ever had any artists, producers, or dancers blow up from that one-on-one -on -one with the a &R? Now, I'm not going to say blow up, but I've seen them gain a lot of traction because you got to do a shitload of shit to blow up. And what I'm saying that is, like, I had a meeting with a kid that he went viral the other day, a light little viral action. And when I say light viral, meaning there's different levels of going viral. What he did definitely hotter than some shit I did, you know what I mean, that he put up. And I wouldn't have got 75,000 views in one day on YouTube. You know, I got some shit up. It's been up 15 years. I got like 15 views, you know. So, And there's other people that could put some shit up and get 100,000 or 200,000 views on YouTube in one day. So, you know, not saying, just saying light in that aspect because in the field, it's, you know, views are higher. But he got seven. That's great. And like I told him, he's in the red zone. He can score. But he still has to push that project. It's not enough where, you know, somebody come out with the pen and paper and was like, oh, let me give you a single. And now, you know, beef that up some more. Well, I love that. That's good. No, um, 75,000, that's a lot of people. That's traction. Yeah. That's viral. The kid's name is Glock Boy. I don't know if you heard it yourself. He did Step in the Name of Blood. Okay. I'm going to listen to it afterwards. I've yeah. never heard of that, but I'm going to look it up. It's uh, R. Kelly remix, Step in the Name of Love. He did Step in the Name of Blood. Okay, and the shit, Step in the Name of Blood. Okay. Shit went crazy. Wow, yeah. that's catchy. Step in the Name of Blood. All right, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Last week. Okay. So I I wanna since we're talking about artists and blowing up, I know you had an artist from the showcase that almost had a record deal, but COVID came into play. So yeah, how's the artist doing now and are you working on pushing that deal again? That's funny. We just spoke last night. Um I have him coming out to the showcase tomorrow. His name is Danny Hundreds. Okay. New artists that have the major record label to help with their dream to get into the music industry. What are some other routes you would suggest that they don't make it with the showcase? Um, with that would be marketing, marketing and promotion. The best way, how you know, blogs. Uh, I'm giving out some free game too. This is what I charge for my services because, like I said, people with money don't even know what to do, you know. And it's like if you got the money, that's a lot because a lot of people don't have the money to fund their projects. And the, the number one thing is money, we all know that we need the money to finance our projects. One of the biggest budgets is marketing and promotion, you know, so that's everything, you know, uh, you want to get a single, get a song and market and promote that song to everybody and their mother know that song, 
You know, it's okay to work on other songs and have, you know, some shit in the top, you know, have a little catalog. But get a song and you work that record. Get in them clubs, you get relationships with DJs. You know? Don't go I'm not hating on the strippers. I'm not hating on them. I love y'all too. But some jokers are going in and spend a band on the stripper when you could have went and spent 500 with the DJ and that be your man and that's who's playing the music. Exactly. You build that rapport and that's who you need. You know, I build relationships with DJ. You know, I know a lot of, I know what they drink. You know, I go in the club, boom, my man Superstar J, Patron Club Soda. I was with DJ Will, Power 105, uh, last Wednesday at SOBs. Seen him DJing, boating right to the bar, Hennessy straight, cranberry on the side, boo boo. Will Styles in the building, da 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 You know, it's love. You know, you spread love, you get love, you know? Yes, I do, I do. So your 10th anniversary is coming up. So what's in store? What's what's next for major record label showcase? Um, I would just say just focus on the consistency and just try to do better. Okay. That's it. Nothing, nothing big and major or, you know, just... The focus do better than we did last time. That's all. Okay. Okay. Well, Will, congrats again with Major Record Label Showcase. You have one this Wednesday. So everybody in here, if you're an artist, dancer, producer, make sure you hit Will up so you Word. can perform in front of the top Major Record Labels. Okay. So <laughs> thank and you, Will. Sexy venue too. It's Empire Lounge in New Jersey. Dope spot. All right, y'all heard it here. Thank you, Will. Have a good day, and I, I wish you the best. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you.